sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, hour number two, as we keep on rolling on Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And listen, Kevin teased a spicy take, so we got to find <laughs> out what he does think is going to happen vis-a-vis Trevor Lawrence here, who's like, I don't know if I believe it, but it's out there that maybe yeah. he might return. And what do you know, the dumpster fire that are the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 right now are everyone's pick to have the number one overall pick. So, again, for me, I really don't believe there's any world he goes back, right? And I do believe it would be a massive mistake if he chose to go back. My hot take is the best-case scenario for the Jets is he tells them, you must trade the pick. I truly believe that is the best-case scenario for the Jets because, honestly, there is no talent on this roster. None. But they are in a situation where they must draft this kid. Trevor Lawrence is a prospect you can't pass up on. You pass up on him, he's bad. People go, we never thought it was going to be bad. We just, we, I, we're wrong. We can't believe it. Yeah, the Jets would take flack, right? Oh, the Jets are the ones that messed him up, right? But you can't pass on this kid. But if they had their hand forced, by the way, no such thing as lack of trade leverage here when it comes to this situation, they would get an unparalleled treasure chest for Trevor Lawrence. They would be able to rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Who knows? Maybe actually put some more pieces around Sam another year. Let's see if that works. Get this new head coach. I think Joe Douglas sticks around some more you know, wiggle room to work with. And then we can't point at them and say, you messed up the Trevor Lawrence pick because they had their hand forced. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I got a couple of things to respond. So in that case, it does involve guys like Eli Manning and John Hmm. Elway because those are, in fact, the two proof points uh, that would be similar to this. Okay, but here's the thing. You need something as leverage, right? You need something as leverage to force the team into actually complying with your demands or requests, right? And so here's the thing. For John Elway, when the, uh, when he was dra- going to be drafted one, he was also drafted by the New York Yankees, Kev, okay? Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you know what? If you don't move me to a place that I want, I ain't playing for you guys. I'll just go play for the Yankees. So then mm-hmm. I believe it might have been the Colts and that they were like, oh, we got to do this or else get nothing, right? Eli Manning. Got as we all know, you know, was um, was drafted. Then there was tried. The trade was going to happen, and they were like, "We ain't playing for the Chargers." The Manning family kind of came out and was like, "We'll hold out. We ain't playing." Right? That was the leverage, and they were like, "Oh, is it going to be nothing, or do we try and get something back for it?" What they got back from the Chargers, uh, certainly the Chargers certainly helped themselves. I believe they turned that pick next year into one Ladanian Tomlinson, but that worked out okay. Um, And then. 
In this situation, you're right, but Trevor doesn't necessarily have that leverage yet. The only leverage he has is to try to scare the Jets or any mm-hmm. team by being like, I'm not going to come out of the draft. You need to start doing your due diligence elsewhere. But then what is still always live, Kev, is the Jets or whoever it is can just draft him anyway and, in essence, call his bluff. Then Trevor Lawrence would have to actually like sit out. And here's the other thing, and I know this is going to sound crazy. Part of the reason he can't do this just yet is because it is no guarantee at this point that the Jets are drafting number one overall, Kev. It's not. It's not. They are one game right now um, from being the number one overall pick. If, and this is what people are all assuming, right, that this is out there because he quote-unquote wants to avoid the Jets. He can't do that right now. He can't right now be saying, oh, I want to really go back to school because then what happens when it's the Atlanta Falcons who are number one overall, right, or the Dallas Mm -hmm. Cowboys who are number one overall when we welcome in our radio audience from around the country here, including the mightier 1090 out west. Thanks for waking up early with us, right? If he doesn't want to play for the Jets, let's say, but it's the Jaguars, or you know or another team it kind of boxes him in so it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on unfortunately kev i think it's your cold take that is the truth he ain't gonna do this and this is kind of like reporters because we're gonna have to talk about trevor lawrence now for the next month and a half what i do think is interesting i agree with you he's going to be the number one overall pick right but as we put up the draft odds to be the number Mm -hmm. one overall pick on 2021 this is a crazy market kev one of those runaway favorites at minus a thousand with so many options my question for you i know ultimately you think this is not going to happen i know ultimately you think that whatever teams may call the bluff and draft them number one but What we think will happen is different than that big V word of value. Kev, does this now mean because of this buzz, and even if you consider it a 3% chance that he actually follows through with this and goes back to school, Mm -hmm. is this buzz enough for you to think about Justin Fields at plus 850 in this betting market? Because if he's not there, then obviously he won't win this bet. So I do believe there is value. But I do not believe it is on Penny Sewell. I do not believe it is on Alex Leatherwood, Mika Parsons. No, it's I don't Fields think. And I, yeah, I don't think there's any world where the number one overall pick is not a quarterback. Even if the team who lands that was totally set at quarterback, out. right? They trade exactly. out. It happens every exactly. year. Goff and Wentz together, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what people don't realize is Fields and Lawrence have been on even footing their whole lives. High school yep. to college. Justin Fields' season debut was an incompletion that was a dropped touchdown pass. Um, he is the gap. Between those two is not what those odds suggest. It is not. All right. So the idea of, you know, Fields at plus 850. And again, Kev, listen, people wouldn't have had Joe Burrow at this point last year either. We talk more after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line, giving you the edge. We cock a doodle do it. 7 to 9 a.m. every weekday morning. Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. You know, that's what I was saying. Also, like, people didn't know Joe Burrow last year, early mm-hmm. on in the season, right? It was Justin Herbert. It was all these other guys, right, that had the sure. kind of resume. And then Burrow was a revelation. Tua, yeah, absolutely. You know, people were tanking for Tua. You know, Tua was not the first quarterback yeah. selected. People are tanking for Trevor. So what about the idea that Trevor Lawrence, whether he goes back to school or whether all of a sudden the month up leading up to the draft, people are like, yo, Fields is, is Kyler Murray. Fields is this dual threat quarterback, and that's where we want to go. I remember a couple of years ago, Kev, you know, literally the conversation was about Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Mm. Allen even, Baker in the last month kind of zoomed up people's boards all the way to be number one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's possible that Fields has the same kind of thing. You know, I talk about the kid Lance in North Dakota State. I don't think he's going to hop over everybody. But what if he blows the combine away, blows interviews away, and then is just like at the same level? You know, so Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I... I agree with you. There may be value still with Lance and Fields, and mostly not because of anything bad about Lawrence, but just because minus 1,000, I think, is overvalued and the way these things move all the time. Like, there's still a wide range of outcomes of what can happen here on the NFL side and on the college side. I will say, I don't think Lance has a chance to jump these two. Um, I just think that's way too big. He, he play, he's going to play fine. a college. You know, he already played his college game this year. Let me also say this, right? Now, the idea I mean, that Wentz uh, from North Dakota State went top two. No, 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 100%. Goff was not Lawrence or Fields. Right. Okay. And Wentz had fair. I'm a just saying, season. We've seen these small schools kind I'm of making like that Josh he's Allen, not. But you know, no, no, no. Okay. I think Lance can go in the top five. I, I think we're talking about jumping to incredibly high level prospects. Okay. But I wanted to make this point. Right. The idea that a guy could be drafted almost entirely on a game sounds crazy until you like watch the NFL draft and realize that. They're all crazy, and they do crazy things. And if you don't think that Ohio State potentially beating Clemson and Justin Fields Mm. outperforming Trevor Lawrence head-to-head wouldn't be enough to drastically move those odds, you're wrong. You are wrong. Now, last year Lawrence beat him again. This is what have you done for me lately. Maybe you don't believe Ohio State has the horses to contend with a Clemson. I disagree. Odds market disagrees. Last year, those teams played incredibly tight spread. I think it would be the same if they were to play this year. All I'm saying is if Justin Fields, who, by the way, right, you want to talk about another futures market that's out there. The The Heisman Heisman market. Yeah. So think about this, right? Trevor's at a minus 140. Three to one on Justin Fields. All that tells me is Justin's not gone yet. So if Justin Fields does what Burrow did, gives me a Heisman, gives me a national championship, mm-hmm. you think Trevor Lawrence is a minus thousand favorite? Now, again, the odds tell us Trevor's going to do just that. He's going to win the Heisman. He's going to win the national championship. And maybe that's what happens. And by the way, if that happens, this thing's done. This thing's done. He's going one. But Justin oh, is not. 
Right, yeah, which is which is also why, though, honestly, you can make this bet and people can't tell you you're crazy. You'd be like, I thought it was going to go back, and automatically you have an out in the conversation. But there's still avenues for Fields to jump Trevor in ways yeah. that people, I guess, aren't acknowledging enough. Ohio State is 2-1 to one to win the college football championship. Clemson is plus 175. I mean... Alabama is double Ohio State. Ohio State and Clemson, based on these odds, you might argue on a tier of their own without Bama, just based on the odds. No, I think that's very interesting. And obviously, Ohio State has just gotten started, right? So we will see. But then again, remember, Kev, there's always the opportunity of them laying the egg in one game. Right. Like, what if this is the year that Michigan beats Ohio State? What does that do to Fields' kind of Heisman run and status huh? as we go on? And the only other thing I'm going to say, just because I want to put it on tape, I, I do not believe it is a slam dunk that the Jets are drafting number one. I saw that defense against Buffalo. I believe they are a better team under Sam Darnold. Now, I don't think they're going to go on a run. Okay. But I do think it is possible, let's say, Kev, that. Two teams in the NFL go 2-14 and 14 this year, and the Jets happen to be the one that drafts number two. I think that is very possible. I would I be also, willing to bet that the Jets win a game this year, and if you give me a win total of one and a half, which is currently what the FanDuel Sportsbook has, I don't know which way I would bet, honestly, Kev. But, but here's the other thing, right? Also, why does he want to get away from the Jets? Massive market, very likely yeah, yeah, yeah. turns over to a new head coach. New, probably like, new head coach, right? But seriously, like, the Giants are a mess it's because the like, Jets are a laughing stock, and everybody just and, jokes about it, right? No, and no, that no. assumption, and, <laughs> correct. By the way, rightfully so. Le'Veon Bell is going to slaughter them this week, and well, I no, cannot no, yes. wait. But like the we. If we're having this conversation sincerely, then can we have it sincerely? Like, the Jets I'd rather are not be a Jet for a the next poison. five years than a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd rather the Jets draft me than the Jaguars draft me. Honestly, I really would. I, um, I disagree, but... That's again, fine. The, now, you know where I land on Jacksonville. That's fine. But, yeah, just because of the Khan family. But, that's, you know, but what I'm saying is... I agree with you that this, like, oh, ha, 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 he doesn't want to play for the Jets. Look how big of a joke the Jets are. I, I, I don't know that that's actually in this kid's mind because things change quickly, especially if you think the Jets are a dumpster fire. The, the biggest reason that that is the case, I'm telling you right now, I'll bet anything, will not be there after the first week of January, and that's Adam Gaze. So we'll have plenty of time to talk yeah. about this. Do you have any other last comments on this before we do look to to kind of week eight of the NFL season that kicks off tonight. If you're going to provide me a chance, I'll make an unnecessary shot. I think he wants to go play for Jerry Jones. It is, should any quarterback after watching this Dak situation play out go want to play for Jerry Jones? It's interesting. Um, I don't know. Unfortunately, with the way it has played out, I think Dak has earned even more money in this. <laughs> I think, I'm serious. I'm serious. I think it has become even more Wait till obvious. Wait Ben DiNucci lights it up right? this weekend. It has become even more obvious that Dak deserves it. And I think what has happened to the Cowboys after that made it clear that Dak was kind of holding it together. Dak was a legitimate, you know, 
I'm not going to say MVP candidate, but guy who was doing this, you need Dak. And I think Dak actually earned money and earned leverage in, unfortunately, what happened with his ankle injury. But I do, in fact, digress. Real quick, Kev, let's put up the injury board because now Mm -hmm. we are starting to go into week eight and we had practice reports, you know, for Wednesday. A lot of guys still not practicing. Mixing with that foot could be week to week. Philip Lindsay, and we got a lot of concussions here. Lindsay's in the protocol. Obviously, Andy Dalton, speaking of Dallas and that quarterback situation, Allen Robinson with the Chicago Bears left that game in the concussion protocol. That is something interesting, especially if you buy that the Bears now at five and two with the loss are still competitive. Remember, you said their schedule gets harder moving on. But honestly, Kev, are any of these names of the people who did not practice? There were some others that came out late. You know, Michael Thomas still did not practice for the Saints. Uh, Your boy, Miles Sanders, did not practice for the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, maybe a little bit more, a few more hours there with Sunday Night Football. Any of these guys who didn't practice, um, you know, level of concern for any of them? Yeah, I'm honestly, I can't remember if I'm having deja vu, if it was a conversation we had on this show or one I had by myself. But is Allen Robinson the most valuable wide receiver to a point spread? I think there's an argument to be made that the answer is yes, just through circumstances, not through talent. The Bears getting four and a half. I mean, we can disagree about what this team is and this team's, you know, chances. At home, getting four and a half to the Saints? Again, if we're doing home field flips, they'd be getting ten and a hook in New Orleans? Absolutely not. I think that might have something to do with A-Rob potentially missing this game. No, that's interesting. That game is intriguing to me. And I wonder if you think that's more a referendum on the Bears or a referendum on the Saints, whatever happens in that one. We'll talk about that and more in the NFL when we come back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates around the country, around the globe, quite frankly. Thanks for getting up early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, you were talking about Allen Robinson, AR-15, and that he's in the concussion protocol. We found that out after Monday Night Football, so he's got a short week. And then, as you also mentioned, these Bears take on the Saints, I believe, this week. And what's going to be an interesting game? I wonder what the narrative will be around the loser of that. That game, and then you mm. mentioned how AR fifteen is really uh, worth points in the point spread. And here's the thing: I think it's so up in the air, though, Kev, because you got AR on one side on the Saints. I don't know about their two top wide yeah. receivers and their availability for this game. Right, Michael Thomas still he did not practice. This one high ankle sprain has turned into a team fight. Has turned into a hamstring. He hasn't played since week one. Kev, we are now entering yeah. week eight. Like, that's a while. And then also, obviously, Manny Sanders, who was put on the COVID list, no word about him. And at this point, I I would start to have to assume that the Saints will be without Manny Sanders for a second week. We certainly haven't heard. So you're right. But I don't know if the point value is because of Robinson or a combination of all these guys being down. Well, here, so here's where you can probably see it. So the lowest total on the boards of 42.5 in Ah. Pat's Bills. Saints Bears 43 and a half. Yeah. I mean, that is remarkably low. 
And honestly, you know, another name that's on that list of Dalton, Eagles Cowboys is 43 and a half. So look at those two games, right? The two of the three lowest totals on the board. One features the worst defense in football. Now, their game did go under last week because they only mustered up three points. But the worst defense in football of a 43-and-a-half. And the Saints just played a game that got 57 points in it, I believe. Right? 51 points, maybe? It was It was at least, I don't mm-hmm. got into the 50s. Like, are, are the Bears that inept offensively that they believe that this team's not going to be able to do anything against the New Orleans Saints? I, I mean, those... Especially the Saints Bear total date. I mean, that feels yeah. very light. Well, that's interesting. I, I wonder if they think the Saints defense is getting better. I wonder if they think the Bears offense is that bad, uh, especially if there's no Allen Robinson. Listen, the Bears Rams game was under that number you're saying, you know, in the 40s. Yeah. That, that, that sure. Bears Monday Night Football went under, right? And mm-hmm. it's not like the Rams sure. offense is that much worse than the Saints offense per se. So to make the idea of hanging another total. I also want to make the point though kev you know you always hear early in the season oh that guy's on ir that guy's on ir but designated to return right and you kind of forget about those guys they go away Mm -hmm. into oblivion but some of them are coming back kev and so i want to ask you your opinion on a couple of guys that are coming back as we had up in the graphic one guy is indianapolis colts wide receiver michael Pittman. i think that's interesting only because you know they're also down paris campbell and we've talked about how philip rivers and the Colts offense has been very conservative maybe the kid out of usc can help but the other two i think are more important and like just what the doctor ordered for those two teams right like in san francisco you know they don't have any running backs that are up anymore, right? Mostert mm-hmm. goes down. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. looks like he can be a star. Then he goes down. We know about Jet McKinnon. He's more of a passing game back. But listen, to me, Kev, if Mostert can run wild with this scheme and offensive line, if Jeff Wilson Jr. can run wild with this scheme and offensive line, then Tevin Coleman can as well. And he has now been activated. So there's like, you know, the window to clear him and practice. So I think that could be just what the doctor ordered for San Francisco. And then your Philadelphia Eagles, Kev, who, listen, have been eviscerated at the skill position. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders. We know all the names. It looks like they be getting back a very important piece in Dallas Goddard. Remember, he was down after, I believe it was week two or three, and then he looks like he is going to be, uh, you know, not necessarily activated, but at least designated to come on back, clearing the window. I don't think he gets back for Sunday night, and then I believe Philly may have a bye after that, but after that, we may see Dallas Goddard back. So Goddard and Coleman, the cavalry is coming for these teams. Yeah, I think Coleman is, of course, very important because we can tell what the Niners want to be. I think the Niners are right. a result away from being labeled back, from being mm-hmm. the eighth of those that. eight playoff teams we talked about, right? From that being massively yep. jumped, the whole NFC West Futures market completely flips on its head yep. if the Niners go into Seattle and beat that team. And by the way, watch for the hook, down to two and a half. People are Hmm. buying the Niners. As far as the Eagles go, Dallas Goddard is, of all the guys that are out, outside of Miles Sanders from the skill position, maybe not even, ah, yeah, I think Miles Sanders has proven his worth. Probably Goddard, right? Because I don't even remember the last time I feel like I watched Alshon play football. 
Deshaun, again, the boat sail. I don't know what Rager is. Got it over Ertz? Unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. And I say unfortunately because Zach Ertz is a very important piece now of Eagles history. Caught the game when he touched down in the Super Bowl. You know, like that's a a very, very big deal. But look, you know, so we had a a pre-show conversation about pushing it. I'll take it a step further. No Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard. There's only two tight ends you can definitively tell me sit above him. And Kittle and Kelsey. That's it. I don't think Mark Andrews is – the guy catches two 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 balls a game. Now, they're both touchdowns they're somehow. Touchdowns. <laughs> I, no, like it's, it's ridiculous. You know, and two the value he has to scores. a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in that play-action scheme, sure. I personally would still put Andrews there, but I don't disagree with you. Dallin Goddard will zoom up, you know, rankings, boards, all that stuff. He was – even last year, Kev, in that yeah. playoff run when everybody else was down, Dallas Goddard was like the reliable safety blanket for Carson Wentz. 100%. That that rapport is there. Part of the Eagles being willing to move on from Ertz is what they've Absolutely. seen from Dallas Goddard. The only pause is how good Richard Rodgers looked last week for this team. I mean, he looked legitimately good. If Goddard doesn't make it back on the field, no, no, I get it, right? But this is a team that's kind of now used to using some two tight end sets. The implied value we're talking about here with Goddard is, oh my goodness, he's got all of the tight end work. Him having the front end of the tight end work, like Zach Ertz went, what, fourth, fifth this year in terms of tight ends on the board? Yeah. Obviously, it ended well, up being a some mistake. Three, three right, or but, four but, were Ertz and, uh, Ertz and uh, Andrews. Right. So, realistically, Goddard, again, being a top five Waller, tight end is very five. viable, right? If Richard Rodgers hangs around a little bit, that maybe just caps a little bit of the boom we're talking about here. But in terms of but floors, not really, because Ertz could still be third or fourth with Goddard there. Right? So yeah. why couldn't Goddard be fourth with uh, someone else there? Absolutely. 100%. 100%, right? I just think it's important, oddly enough, to keep Richard Rodgers in the conversation because I, if the narrative is, oh, he's the only tight end, that might not right. be the case. But but honestly, it doesn't matter because last year there were no skill position players left. Ertz and Goddard were the only two tight ends. And again, they both were fantastic. It's, you know, And we're talking fantasy-wise and we're talking props-wise here again. like I'll tell you yeah, this yeah. right now. If, if we don't have Goddard game, this week, like you're going to want a piece of Richard Rodgers in that game against Dallas. You just are. No, I'll buy that. And by the way, Dallas Goddard, if you want to get ahead of it, Dallas Goddard is only on rosters, Kev. Like, yes. What percent of leagues do you think Goddard is currently on? Like, right now, you could go out and pick up Dallas Goddard. I know it'd be a little bit of a stash, but you think in the fantasy playoffs, he might be a top five tight end. Okay? Yeah, I so, mean, I- what percent of leagues do you think Dallas Goddard is available for pickup right now? So I actually picked him up uh, when he was dropped in a league of mine because we needed some help at tight end. Uh, I'm going to guess 55%. I might be way over shooting that. Very, very close. You 55% rostered or available? Yeah. I guess Which one? rostered is what I was thinking. So you think he's on rosters in 55%. Yeah. He is on rosters in 48%, less than half okay. a league. Right now, in more than half a leagues, you can go grab and potentially stash Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard and Kevin and I agree, he's going to be a top five tight end come the fantasy playoffs, especially if Zach Ertz yeah. is still, or the rest of the Philadelphia Eagles, are still banged right. up. But Kev, that's not the only way teams yeah. that are contending can have like the cavalry come, right? You can get a Telvin Coleman off injury. You can get a Dallas Goddard off injury. The other thing you can do is make a trade, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we have the trade deadline coming up. 
next week, okay? And one thing that I think is interesting that I will start here before we go into some names and things like that, we may see more trades earlier on than usual, Kev, because anybody who's traded will have to get through COVID protocols with their new team before they can really even be in the building and start practicing. And we have had some deals go down. Dallas has already traded Everson Griffin. Right to the Detroit Lions. We know that Minnesota has already traded Yannick and Gakwe, right? And so there are some contenders that are making moves. And I find it interesting that the defensive side of the ball is being addressed as well, Kev. We also heard yesterday that Cincinnati moved Carlos Dunlap, a disgruntled yeah. defensive lineman, to the Seattle Seahawks. And we've talked about Seattle, right? We love Russ and that MVP offense, but that defense is not championship caliber. And they're addressing it via trade. I mean, they better. Now, I don't know how good Carlos Dunlap still is. This is year 11. Um, new environment. He might, you know, look, he's better than what they got. Championship environment. Can I just say this on Seattle? They are the team with the worst point differential in their own division. Like, okay. Wide range of outcomes in that division. Wide range of outcomes. I know is your, I know is your boy, right? But, like, yeah, but. they lose this week, the whole narrative's about to flip on that team. The whole narrative is about to flip. They drop this game to the Niners. And I told you earlier in the week I liked the Niners. I was not expecting the market to agree with me. I thought we would see people saying, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. I'm actually now almost thinking about going the other way and coming around on Russ in a bit of a bounce back spot here to prove a point. So, so here's the thing, Kev. Right, like you call them my team and stuff. Here's the, and you're right. I did pick them right early on in the season. Uh, I've since been on Tampa Bay, but it's not the offense; it's the defense, right? Yeah, and that's what they're looking to address. I'll ask you buy or sell some other names if you think they'll be on the move when we come back. Mm-hmm. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, listen, I talked about some of the deals that are going down, some of the deals that, you know, may look a little bit different or a little early this year because there is obviously the overlay of COVID and the protocols and how a team would, how a player would, like, join a new team, right? Um, But... We do believe there are some other teams that need to address needs. We talked about Seattle on the defensive side of the ball. Kev, another one that we've talked about all the way back since the draft, Kev, was that the Green Bay Packers may need to address the wide receiver position. And what do you know? We are now hearing that the Packers are inquiring about wide receivers, most notably out there in Houston where uh, Will Fuller, and Randall Cobb, a former Green Bay Packer that I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be f- just fine to have chemistry and trust with in a playoff run. It sounds like these guys are, you know, buzz, rumors on the market. Buy or sell. You think the Texans trade a wide receiver in the next five days? I'm sure Deshaun would love this. Trade D-Hop and now also trade another wide out. Yeah, um, I kind of buy it. They have no money. They have no draft capital. Right. They 
they have to do something. They've got but a it also then, to throw to someone, though. But look, it then also gets to the point of, like, who's left. I, I mean, on, like, there is a reason why you can reasonably entertain trading Deshaun Watson. I believe he's a top-five quarterback in this league. You do, do not trade top-five quarterbacks in this league in their prime. Honestly, even if they're not in their prime, you still probably shouldn't right. be trading a top-five quarterback. <laughs> right. But this team has nothing. Nothing. Like, Russ, right, all those years where there was no offensive line in Seattle, right? Some decent weapons, great stability from the front office and the sidelines, and pretty solid defenses. This They are horrible defensively I again. I agree with the you. offensive line is still not figured out, no matter how much money you give Laramie Tunzel. Disaster up top, disaster on the sidelines, and any player with any value on the skill positions, we have to trade. It's such a bad spot. Let me tell you something. You talk about moving Watson. I think if anything, they would move Watt before Watson. And there has been buzz. There has been rumors now about that exact move. Another player about a team that you would never think is in sell mode is the New England Patriots. There's rumors about their Pro Bowl, All Pro Defensive Player of the Year cornerback Stephon Gilmore. And if you talk about a team needing to, uh, you know, kind of restock the cabinet, right, and what they could do in a trade, there's got to be, Kevin, contenders that would want a shutdown corner as the cherry on top. New England could replenish a lot if they were to make a move like that. Buy or sell with the Patriots, you know, sell. I I sell the idea, but he's worth a first-round pick. And maybe my answer changes if they lose this game to Buffalo. I truly do believe their season is over if they lose this game to Buffalo. They dropped yep. the 2-5. and five. They would have lost four football games in a row. I think it would be a total disaster. I must pull us back quickly to Houston. I do have a fantasy question for you. Oh, okay, Who would you prefer? Will Fuller in Green Bay? Brandon Cooks with Will Fuller gone? Brandon Cooks with Will Fuller gone. I agree. Uh, Can I throw one more name in this mix for for you to rank? And then you give the full answer. Mike Evans with AB and Godwin healthy. Brandon Cooks won. For me, it's about target share, Kevin. It's always been about target share. In the times that we have talked about this, I think you have seen clearly what I care about is opportunity and how the teams intend to use these players. Okay, Mm -hmm. I think you've started to see that that is kind of what I lead with. I try and get in the mind of the team. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Mike Evans will be part of an elite fantasy herd. I believe that Will Fuller will be a big time threat, but his value will be stretching the field for the Green Bay Packers, and Devontae Adams will still get 15 targets a game, right? I believe Will Fuller is always, and I've said this, like a Deshaun Jackson. I've said like a Henry Ruggs in times where you've disagreed that the value is to the real team more than the fantasy team. You take another wide out off of the Texans and leave Cooks and what, Kenny Stills and David (laughs) Johnson and Darren Fells? as the biggest mm-hmm. pass catchers with a team with a game script that will usually be down and Deshaun Watson playing Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the best player, but it's the best opportunity for production. Does that answer your question, brother man? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I cool. agree. I think Cook right. is the guy. 
Yeah, we got to see how it plays out, and I'll be happy to do that. Next week, what we'll do is after trades have gone down, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we'll do, Kev. Like, I believe it's on Tuesday. So on Wednesday, oh, God, Wednesday morning, I'm going to be waking up in a mood one way or the other. But I digress. Uh, what we'll do after the trade deadline is we'll look at the players that were traded, right, and their fantasy outlook, yeah. and then also the teams that they left. We'll, we'll do that next week for sure because there will be some value. Real quick, Kev, buy or sell in like 30 seconds. Evan Ingram has been batted about, right, and teams are calling them. Would be a great piece. Do the Giants want to retain him? Is he part of their future plans? Or do you think he can be something to help restock talent with the Giants? My answer is sell because O.J. Howard was never traded. And if he was never traded, then I guess no tight ends will ever be traded. All right, fair enough. Remember, there was also talk about Zach Ertz being on the block before he got yeah. injured. There's some other tight ends out there. You know, we're also hearing about a uh, defensive lineman, Tack McKinley, from the Atlanta mm -hmm. Falcons. And remember, this is a team that, you know, there was even small rumors about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I don't know if that is the truth, but it is obviously possible that McKinley would, you know, be a, uh, be a piece that could be on the move. So we will continue to update you, give you the buzz on players that could be on the move what teams look themselves in the mirror maybe even after this week kev to your point because then half the season will be done and teams need to figure out are they buying or are they selling but week eight starts tonight with those atlanta falcons that tack mckinley is still a member of but mm -hmm. they travel kev they're the dreaded road thursday night football team it is a division matchup they go to carolina to take on the panthers the panthers are one and a half point favorites 51 and a half is the total in this one kev i know you have always talked about like in games like this don't worry about the point spread it's one and a half so i'm just going to ask you plainly who do you think wins this game I, I have never been more annoyed, I think, by a game in my life. What is this? What is this? No, it's not true at all. But uh, you have to exaggerate for the moment. But, but honestly, Dane, it, this number was two and a half. And you and I sat here and said, Yeah, it was a watch book, wasn't it? Why? Yeah, why is this two and a half? It's now one and a half. Everybody is buying Atlanta. Everybody's buying Atlanta. Let me pose a quick question to you. Did Atlanta Falcons backers suffer a bad beat in that game against Detroit? Uh, I know what you're going to say. I know, I know what you're yeah. saying. The point spread was two and a half, correct? It's not even about the point spread. Because it it's wasn't about a bad the beat way they, they did what lost. They were supposed to do to me. They win the field goal. They hit, kick the field goal as time runs out, right? They win yeah. that game by two. You still don't cover. I believe it was two right. and a half. Even if they were in a money line parlay. Okay. Right? Okay, fine. I I think at this point... No, go stop the Detroit Lions. But this, but this is the thing. At this point, I think the answer is no. You can't... Like, the, the game against Dallas? Oh, that's a bad beat. The so game against second, Kev, the Bears? In the way that I'm like, oh, we can now trust Russell Wilson to pull a rabbit out of his hat? Are you yes, going to say he, we now can't trust you, the Atlanta correct. Falcons regardless you of the league? can't. You can't yep. tell me any like in the Super Bowl. like this is the thing about the Falcons, right? If they get up by two touchdowns and then lose this Give game, me the Panthers live. Give me the that's Panthers what I'm saying. Live. You, I, you can't <laughs> tell me like, oh man, that's such yeah. a bad beat. Like, what do you mean you can't believe they blew it again? That's all they've done all season long. So I, 
because this number has confused me for a long time. I have, okay. you know how, right? I need logic. I need to figure out why is this happening? Why is this happening? All right, so I can't it blindly it. follow movement. It's people believing that the Atlanta Falcons are much better than their record says. I think that is totally fair. I think it is very risky to assume that this team, though, is just going to be able to figure it out. Because I don't think these losses are all about bad luck. Okay, It's about a team that is clearly shell-shocked. A team that starts to go to themselves, oh, no, not again, not again, not again, right? That is making bad mistakes. Dan Quinn is gone. This isn't Dan Quinn anymore. Okay? So, I do believe that this Falcons team is much better than the 1-6 record says. And I do believe there is also something to the idea that the Panthers are not good enough to sweep Atlanta. I actually think that's totally, totally fair. But I won't be playing the side here. There is enough nonsense to get me off Carolina. But I will tell you this. If I was forced to play a side, I'd play the Panthers side. I'm never out of this game. They've been the better team all year, at least putting the results together, and I've already seen them beat them. The only other thing that could be applied, Julio did not play in that first matchup. That's it. Okay, fair enough. That is interesting. I'm going to tell you something about my – I'm leaning Carolina as well, and you would say, hey, it's a point and a half. I might take the money line instead of that point and a half. Because if I see the way the Falcons games have been, right, could you not see a last-second field goal that gets a Carolina 24-23 kind of victory, 28-27 kind of victory? So I would take the minus 130 on the money line as opposed to, like, I know it's only a point and a half, but the Mm -hmm. way the Falcons have been playing, I think one point could be live. So give me the – Panthers on the money line. The other big piece of this game, you talked about Julio Jones. The the elite all-pro player that we should mention here is actually on the other side, and it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has been practicing. There's been some word about him being, you know, eligible for tonight, okay? So, Kev, here's my question for you. We are here on the early line. If at like 5 o'clock this evening, we hear yeah. that Christian McCaffrey is dressed and is going. Then what do you do? Then how would this change? Is there any way you might want to get ahead of something if you think he's going to go? I personally think this will be the last week without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I personally believe if this was Sunday instead of Thursday, maybe we would see him. I don't think it's going to happen, but what we're hearing, it is still live as a possibility. How does that affect you in this one? Because Mike Davis has been good. Well, listen, I I don't think it should move the line a ton. I think it would move the line in Carolina's favor. You'll notice the player props market right now, Mike Davis and McCaffrey are out. The only way you can back mm. them is minus 185 anytime touchdown score. That's what they both are. That's the like, And that shows that they view these two guys as the same. So think about that in a way, okay? Right. They're not that different. So don't all of a sudden watch McCaffrey get ruled in and be like, oh, oh like, no, don't run to the window. On the same way, if he's ruled out and then all of a sudden this is a pick him, don't be scared to back the Panthers. Although there was an update uh, from Tom Palacero that says he is absolutely trending in the direction of not playing in this not football playing. game. Okay. And 
that makes sense. You got a little bit of extra rest. You then go into your next week's game, and he should be a 100% uh, active in that spot there. But listen, it's hard to say that McCaffrey's going to tilt me. And I, I feel bad that this isn't the case because he's such a you know talented football player, but they've not won or lost a single game, and I've been like, only if McCaffrey was there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Carolina Panthers have been a covering machine. Teddy Bridgewater Teddy. is a covering machine. The butler with his white glove service and the Carolina Panthers. We yeah. give you our picks and plays and any props we like when we come back on the other side of the break here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line as we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode. And as we kick off week eight, Kevin, week eight of the NFL season, we're like halfway home. It's wild. We're more than halfway home of the fantasy sports regular season as well. So I got a couple of props I want to bounce off you for this game. I think this is going to be like I don't see this being a grind out running back affair, right? I think both of these quarterbacks can be volume throwers, Kev. And so I look at the Pass attempts number from Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater. Would you be comfortable betting zero, one, or both of these overs? Matt Ryan over 37 and a half attempts. Hmm. Teddy Bridgewater over 36 and a half attempts. I think they're both going to be slinging it tonight. I think that's fair. Do you feel like you could just bet the over in the football game and almost cover yourself there? I think possible i'm not sure i'll be honest with you i I, i'm i'm i could see going that way i don't know how i feel about this total of 51 and a half this number was 49 just the other day came back all the way up to 51 and a half the panthers Uh, offense hasn't been doing as much in the last couple of weeks but i do think both of these defenses are bad yeah i'd love to see i feel like atlanta up, ah, either team up, just start throwing. I'll throw this to you. That's why I'm going to 10, Bridgewater and Ryan. I like that. And I, here's what I'll, I'll, I'll go to one of the receivers. Now, Julio. I bet on Julio's over yardage in the Green Bay game. We were well on our way. The angle was he is wide out one. The book was telling us it was Ridley. I do not think the book was correct. Through a half, I was 100% correct. Four for 32. Ridley finished that game with not a catch. We've now seen Julio come back into the fold. 137 receiving yards. Last week, 97 receiving yards. Calvin Ridley's at 72.5. Julio is at 73.5. That chemistry, that connection with Matt Ryan has not gone away. The hesitation in my voice is... I have already bet on Julio and lost because of injury. He's got to be available. He's stretched out. got to be on the field. So you can make this bet. I think it gets there if he plays the whole game. You cannot cry sour grapes if he gets injured. You have to know that going into go. the bet. No, that's absolutely true. And, like, can he do something like we've seen with Devontae Adams, Nuke Hopkins? Yes. But as Herm Edwards says, the greatest ability is availability. Kevin and I will be available tomorrow. We'll see you then on the early line. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.